0: Happy New Year or áur! Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. This is Jules and I hope you all had a fun and safe start to 2023. Feels weird to even say it. I feel like I was almost about to say 2022. I thought it would be fun though to give a wrap up of 2022 with some major news stories from Iceland. Of course, not all of them. But just some ones that I feel like stuck out. And then also some of my favorite episodes that I published this year because it's always interesting, I think, you know, the things that you go through throughout the year. And sometimes I plan a lot of things in advance, but then there are other things that come up and, you know, it's just topical and I end up sharing them and funny enough, you know, can become part of my little wrap up. So um, there were certainly lots of ups and downs throughout the year, but such is life. And hopefully, 2023 for many of us can be a journey of learning, evolving, growing, and continuing on pursuing the things that we enjoy. So, just to start off, though, the sponsors of this episode are Go Car Rental Iceland and Sintamani. Go Car Rental Iceland is an awesome car rental company that has great customer service, a large variety of cars to choose from, and competitive rates. If you use my code Iceland10, you can save 10% on your entire car rental cost, no matter the time of the year. And I highly recommend if you're thinking about coming in summertime to definitely use that because so many people are planning to come to Iceland this summer. I mean, the amount of even accommodations, I think they're saying around 70% of them are already booked up. So, car wise, that will also be something where people will need to think well in advance. And also Sentamani, as I mentioned, uh, is also a local Icelandic company, specifically when it comes to outdoor clothing. And they make high quality outdoor clothing to designed to withstand harsh Icelandic weather conditions, which if you've been here or heard some of my other episodes, it's absolutely essential to have the right clothing here in summer, winter, spring, fall, whichever time of the year. It's There's always a possibility of a storm or winter conditions that can be a little challenging. So I wear their clothes when I'm out exploring the country, and I'm thankful for them because they keep me warm and dry. And you can use my code JEWELS, which is J E W E L L S, to save fifteen percent when you shop with them online. All right, let's start off with the first one of the first news stories this year that was major, and actually it was, it was pretty recent. This was announced. So safety signs and cameras have been installed at the famous Black Sand Beach, Reina Fiara Black Sand Beach. And this is due to the case that, or at least the fact that a lot of people who visit this beach, they end up going very close to the water. And if you're not familiar with what are called sneaker waves, they are waves that literally sneak up on you. That's why they're called that. And a lot of people think that maybe like it's a rip current, when in reality, it's not. you're not even in the water. You're literally outside of the water. And because of the way that the waves are breaking up on the shore, they rush up much faster than what you're expecting. And because people aren't wearing, you know, just bathing suits, whatever, because it's quite cold, they can get wet from the water rushing up. And as it gets sucked back out, you're usually so wet. And also the waves are doing it so quickly that it pulls you out with it out, you know, to the rest of the ocean And some people have drowned, unfortunately, some people have died. And it's just really sad. But telling people this and warning people about it doesn't seem to have been enough. So authorities decided that since it would be too expensive to have lifeguards there, that they're putting up cameras, a live feed that goes directly to police authorities in Salfos, which is not very close, but it's at least, I guess, the largest police organization within the area that's close enough And then they also have signs and these zones. So they've made the beach into different zones. And in essence, what it says is that in terms of the zones, that there's a flashing yellow light indicates that visitors should not enter the yellow zone. And then a flashing red light indicates that visitors should not enter the red zone or not pass like the illuminated sign. But, you know, the idea is that visitors should be on a certain like area at all times that's the safest, and I'm saying that in quotes just because technically I guess anything could happen, but it seemed the safest for sure and it will give you still a really beautiful view. But, the, you know, if this doesn't work, then the idea of lifeguards might have to be employed because unfortunately, you know, people are getting hurt if they're not being killed. And then there's also like these videos that are going viral and it's not possible for them to just close the beach off completely so yeah, this is just one of those stories that it's just really important for people to keep in mind and people like myself and I'm sure many others that you've seen will continue to talk about it just because we really want you to enjoy Iceland safely and come back to be able to tell, you know, the town. I'm only laughing because I'm just like, it's just insane to me to have to even say that because I never want to think about the idea of going on vacation and possibly not making it back home, you know. So, okay, let's get on to something a little bit more positive. There's a new plant that captures 10 times more CO2 from the atmosphere. And it's at Hætlis So there's a company in Iceland, it's a Swiss company called Climeworks and it's in collaboration with CarbFix and OnPower. And these companies are making some amazing headway when it comes to capturing carbon dioxide and their new plant will capture 36,000 tons of carbon dioxide directly out of the atmosphere increasing the direct air carbon capture of this new power station by tenfold. And not surprisingly, it's named Mammoth <laughs> because of its, you know, 4,000 additional tons that will be captured by the plant. And yeah, it will be, in essence, this power station is the world's third largest geothermal power plant. And since 2012, the Carb Fix project has been capturing carbon dioxide directly from The plants emissions in collaboration with Climbworks. So I think that's a really exciting thing, in my opinion, in terms of just all of us working together, finding solutions to decrease our impact on the environment. And particularly in Iceland, because there is so much here where you can see the impact of climate change, like the melting of the glaciers, changes in the temperature for winter and summer and all this. So So many things happening that are really interesting to be able to directly see year after year and then hear about maybe how, you know, things can be shifted. And maybe this type of plant can be in other places or meaning type of way of capturing CO2 directly from the atmosphere. All right. Next up is about the volcanic eruption we had this year. So many of you might have heard on the podcast I talked about... In the same area as the eruption of 2021, we had another eruption. Definitely didn't last as long. So this one was only around a month long and happened in the summertime. It was exciting to go see. And it was also so short-lived that many people were disappointed that their trips did not coincide with it. But this was a huge story for sure in terms of Iceland and also being another one of what's considered a tourist volcano. <laughs> it's even funny just to say that because, you know, it's every volcano that erupts can be potentially dangerous, but this one was relatively easy to get to, you know, when you think about some of the other ones that have been like the highlands and places like that, but it also had its challenges too. But uh, altogether though, it was, even though it was short-lived, it was still really fun to see it and interesting to see the different types of Footage that came out of it. So that story's pretty short, (laughs) but still a major one because it brought a lot of people to Iceland or created a lot of excitement around Iceland. All right. And the fourth story, a really major story, and and refugee stories here in Iceland are ones that are definitely making headlines all over. This one in particular had to do with a person named Hussein Hussein, and he's disabled in, in a wheelchair, and he was illegally deported from Iceland to Greece in a wheelchair, didn't have a place where he was supposed to be staying. And he was showing pictures of like what his living conditions were, which were basically on the street in Greece. And he won his case. So Claudia Ashani Wilson, who I have interviewed on this podcast previously, she's a human rights lawyer here in the country and she was the lawyer for them, and was able to win their appeal, so that Hussein and his family were able to come back to Iceland to live. Now, the state representation can still possibly appeal the case to the Court of Appeals. But at this time, they the state representatives have said they have no comment with regard to this. So this is a major story just because they were able to come back. I don't I'm not sure sure if I've heard of, other asylum seekers here in Iceland who have been able to make the case for that. Now, granted, there's also a lot of public support people, you know, signing petitions, doing all they can to rally around this man and his family. So yeah, it's a lot going on. So many different types of everyday stories when it comes to people really just trying to survive in Iceland. And then of course, people who are living everyday life. And then of course, you know, the people who are to uber rich or whatever. <laughs> I don't really talk about those stories. I'm much more interested in the the human interest stories of those who are doing fascinating things and also overcoming things here. And that's something I'll talk about a little bit later, actually, just in terms of some of my goals for 2023. These two others in terms of major stories I wanted to hit on before going into my favorite episodes I published this year. So um, The forest in Iceland, they cover 2% of the country. And you might be listening to this and going, why is that any type of major news? 2% is so small. And while I would agree with you or would have agreed with you like some years ago, knowing the fact that Iceland pretty much had nothing (laughs) regarding coverage when it comes to forests and bushes, it's pretty remarkable because it's a harsh climate here and getting things to grow takes a very long time. So now that there's over 2% of forests and bushes in the country. This is something that people are really trying to celebrate and encourage Encourage more of. Ironically, though, during settlement times, like when settlers came here in the 900s, the, you know, up to uh, like year 1000, there were trees in Iceland. There were a lot. In fact, most of Iceland was covered in bushes and some type of tree, probably specifically the birch, because that one is very hardy and grows here. So, Of course, they were chopped down because these people were coming from Norway where there were a lot of trees and trees would grow and didn't have as much of difficulty. So what they knew was to chop them down. But the major factor for why trees didn't grow back was the grazing of their animals on the land made it almost virtually impossible. And so now there are areas in Iceland where sheep, for instance, are not allowed to graze And that has helped with things being able to grow over time without having any interference, as well as, um, you know, protecting of areas where people can't travel. This is why like staying on pass or not driving off road is so important here. So in terms of the numbers though, since 1990, the surface area covered by or shrubs in Iceland has increased more than six times over. So from 7,000 hectares to 45,000 in 20 years, The number is expected to be 2.6%. The last story I want to share of this year, which I think is major in that how Iceland is changing regarding the population, is that immigrants in Iceland is just over 60,000 people. Now, we're living in a country with 370,000, give or take, you know, amount of individuals and 60,000 is a lot. The exact number from January 1st, 2022, and I'm I'm waiting for those numbers to come out for 2023, is that there were 61,148, or 16.3% of the population of the country are people from abroad. When you think about it, in terms of earlier numbers, in 2012, the percentage of immigrants in Iceland were 8%. So in the last 10 years... That number has more than doubled. And it's you know interesting to also find out who how are these immigrants categorized specifically. So there's second generation immigrants, then there are, of course, people who are first generation. So an immigrant is a person born abroad. I'm just giving you the definition, with parents who are foreign-born and all grandparents foreign-born, whereas a second generation immigrant is born in Iceland having immigrant parents. And then a person with a foreign background has one parent of foreign origin and a person born abroad whose parents both were born in Iceland is also considered to have a foreign background. So hopefully that helps (laughs) in that way, Um, because they do break down some of the numbers of being like the number of second generation immigrants increased from last year over 6,000 since the beginning of 2021 And also first and second generation immigrants together comprised 18% of the population. So it's even more when you take into account those two groups together. For me, this is super interesting because as a person who is an immigrant and plans to live here for the foreseeable future, I have been hearing, seeing, you know, debates Taking part in, of course, discussions about how Iceland is changing and for the better. I mean, there's always the need for bringing in diverse types of help when it comes to work. And I mean that like, expertise. When it comes to ideas, I think the merging of different cultures into Iceland has been a benefit and not a deterrent. It's more so of how do we do it in a way that, of course, still keeps Icelandic culture aspects that people find important, intact, and still being able to celebrate. And of course, like coming for myself from places like New York, where a lot of different cultures coexist in harmony, it is, it's is—it's just super interesting to me to see how all of this is playing out. And of course, you know, people advocating for themselves or taking part in society or even feeling ostracized in society. There's, there's all of that happening. And it really varies based off of the person, the people they come across and attitudes around things and, you know, different types of aspects of life, basically. (laughs) You will find all of that in Iceland. And I'm hoping, you know, throughout this year to kind of highlight more of that because more and more people find themselves wanting to move here. And I think it's helpful just to get different perspectives of what that could look like or feel like, or even when you hear anything like some kind of, uh, Blast in the background. That's people still firing off fireworks, even though it is no longer New Year's Eve. That is also Iceland in terms of individuals just wanting to continue to celebrate. So on to my fave episodes from twenty twenty two. My favorite, actually, I think it was the first one I published for last year, and it was my mom and my sister. My interview with them. My first, the first time having them on the podcast. And how they felt about me moving to Iceland, it was so insightful to hear it. And also, I mean, I just love them so much. So it was great to have them on and be their silly selves and have the opportunity to hear from them in a way that I, you know, we've talked about it, but I don't think we ever really had a formal discussion. And yeah, it's just so much of our lives, in my opinion, have changed, not just because of me moving here, but in general, you know, the last six and a half years that I've been living in the country. So this just was a fun one. And I'm really grateful and thankful to have them in my life and to have you know the ability to share with all of you who may or may not be able to relate <laughs> to some of the things I said. The next one was how Iceland is more vegan-friendly than you think. This one usually surprises people because it is true that Iceland's culture regarding food traditionally revolves around meat, fish, sauces, dairy, you know, there's lots of ice cream and things like that. So I'm always kind of glad to share this plant-based point of view. And again, more of like, and people have asked me about gluten-free, so I do want to, you know, kind of hit on these different aspects of Iceland that seem like they wouldn't somehow be able to function or wouldn't be included, but in reality, there's a lot here that people take into account in order to accommodate individuals who visit and live here. And then when it comes to other interviews, so Oedir Jónsdóttir, who is the most influential author of her generation and also the granddaughter of Haltor Laxness, Iceland's most famous writer and the only Nobel Prize literature winner. And I shouldn't, well, I shouldn't say he's the only, he's the most famous. I mean, there are crime writers as well who are very famous, but in terms of within the country, when people think of prominent writer or maybe most decorated in a way that is like, you know, the highest achievement, then they think of Joutor of Laxmas for sure, just because uh, he won the Nobel Prize. And then also George Liette, I think is how you say it, interview. He's an Afro-Brazilian who mainly because I have known of George for so long, and it was only when we sat down and had this conversation, this interview, that I learned that he came here when he was 16 and just the impact of Iceland on his life and how much things changed when he left and then came back. And yeah, I have, first of all, all of these articles that I'm talking about regarding news stories and episodes linked in the show notes. I meant to mention that earlier. It's just FYI, <laughs> because I do think that it is important uh, for people who want to go back and listen to them, or if you didn't hear them and want to listen to them, feel free to do so. But I did enjoy those uh, interviews, like, like I mentioned with my mom, my sister, Oedr, and with George. Then also, The Ultimate Guide to Renting a Car in Iceland. That was a Big episode in terms of the amount of research (laughs) that I put into it and also writing it up and recording it. But I was so happy, it was a labor of love, honestly, because this is something that so many people are planning to do and want to do. And I think it's great. I'm always encouraging people to rent cards just because I think that exploring the country on your own gives you a different type of freedom and pace. And this this like adventurous spirit they really get to exercise here because it is fairly easy to drive around. But at the same time, there's so many things to see. So um, That episode is just incredibly useful. And it was one of my favorites to put together because I just knew that it would be a great resource for so many people who are planning to visit. So in terms of the Icelandic word of the episode, I mean, it is the start of the new year. So I decided fresh start or new beginning in essence, which is ni biryun, ni biryun is the authentic word of the episode or phrase maybe. And then the random fact of the episode is that, to my surprise, I published 34 episodes last year, including 10 interviews. And I say to my surprise because honestly, there were so many projects I was working on last year including for like YouTube. I did so much more on TikTok and Instagram and all these places that I felt like I was not giving enough attention to the podcast. To be fair though, my goal is usually to do one episode a week. And so obviously I didn't meet that goal, but I was still very proud to know that 34 episodes had gone out last year and, you know, kind of quiet my, quieted my self-critic, my inner critic, I should say because my list of numbers, I was like, wow, okay. You know, sometimes you can be a little hard on yourself and, and maybe this, you can relate to it as I'm saying it, because we all have like our own goals and you feel like if you didn't meet it, then it's a failure or it's just wasn't as good. But in reality, you know, there's a lot that we end up doing and if we don't take a time to review or give ourselves, you know, a little clap or a little bit of encouragement to go like, hey, we still did a lot of things. <laughs> and for me, the podcast is such an important platform, Um, mainly because, you know, I've started this. This is the first thing that was all things Iceland. So, you know, YouTube came later, Instagram, TikTok, all these things. And to keep this going, to me, is really important. And I do appreciate the reviews. I do appreciate The feedback people give me, I appreciate those who listen, who share, all of that. And to know that it has an impact that's positive. That is the goal, a thousand percent, more than anything else, is to create a space that allows people to learn about Iceland in a positive way. And of course, there are going to be some stories where it might not feel as great, but you at least get the insight into the country that you were looking for. So that is my goal to continue. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. Who have been listening whether it was from the beginning of the podcast or even just starting with this episode. I appreciate it. As always, thank you so much for listening. I have lots of fun episodes coming up for 2023, definitely more interviews because there's so many interesting people in the world. Uh, I'm going to my own like, you know, transitions of things. <laughs> so so much would have in 2022, for sure. And when I do my Kind of celebration of the seventh year of the podcast in June. You will hear about many of the things that have been going on that have, you know, been able for myself to grow and learn, and I'm just incredibly grateful for that. So yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening. Bakatir fyrir at hlusta og lega